for those of you uh, unfamiliar, uh, my name is Kevin Smith. This is my friend Scott Mosier, my producer. Hello. We make movies. We didn't make this one, much to my chagrin and much to my great relief. Um, we're going to do a commentary for Roadhouse, the uh, Silver Swayze, Rowdy, Roddy Harrington classic. Um, and chiefly, uh, the whole thing came about because we talked about Roadhouse a little bit on our Clerks 10 DVD. We did. We were talking about Jeff Healy. And we t and, and, and Roadhouse. In one of the intros to yeah. something, we just went on for you know, a good four or five minutes or something about Roadhouse. And then uh, the good folks at Sony slash MGM slash all those other companies that make up the Sony Empire, Columbia TriStar, that kind of thing, uh, said, hey, you want to do a commentary track for Roadhouse? And we were like, uh, all right. Absolutely. Yeah, because we've, I'm sure we've got stuff to say. That dude who just walked up, Kevin Teague, he's a dude who you might remember from such films as Eight Men Out. Eight Men Out, I do with remember. John Sayles. Yeah. You're going to hear a lot of paper shuffling here because we've <laughs> printed up everything we could possibly need to know about Roadhouse, and we'll be going over it with you all today as we talk about this modern-day classic Roadhouse. Now, Kevin Teague, aside from being an Eight Men Out, uh was in um well he'd done a lot of tv he was in jade I, I i guess it's a big leap from eight men out to jade school ties with a dude we know yeah better off dead oh class class picture mate one too another sales picture he's a character actor you've seen him in a bunch of stuff uh i always like the guy um and in this picture he's a saying the role of well let's see Kevin Teague plays. Well, he's the dude who owns the bar. He's yeah. he's come a looking. He's Frank Tillman, owner of the Double Deuce. He's the guy who's looking for Dalton. And there he is, the Swayze dog himself, Patrick Swayze, playing Dalton. A lot of people thought that Dalton didn't have uh, a last name, thought it was like Madonna or Cher, but really his name is James Dalton. And uh, notice how zen he is. See, there's a fight breaking out. Swayze... Uh, doesn't come over and start knocking heads together. Just the slow approach. Pimps what he needs to say. Probably like uh, nobody puts baby in a corner. And then uh, he lets his his, his uh, dudes, his lackeys, handle it. Hey, Just a nod. nod. With the nod, no less. Uh, Dalton's character in the movie, as we'll come to learn, was a an NY, I believe it was NYU philosophy uh, major. He got was. a doctorate in philosophy. Yeah. Um, so he, he's a dude that knows a lot about the nature of man and the nature of kicking man's ass. Now, you saw this movie in a the theater. I did. It was my graduating, uh, I graduated in 89. This Look, is your gift to yourself? Yeah, this is my, uh, you graduated, Scott. Go see Roadhouse. Did your hair look like that? Um, not, not, uh, not as good as that. I was never as 80s as those guys were. They're achieving like a real look. Well, those, I mean, these dudes are, they're living in the 80s, man. This is 80. So if it came out in 89, 89 it was probably made somewhere around 88, 89. Yeah. Uh, those, I mean, that's, this is, this is it. This is the, the swan song of the 80s. Of this, the go-go 80s. I, I, I believe this was sort of like the very, this took every, every element of the 80s and threw it into one movie and kind of closed the door on the 80s. If you were uh, sewing your arm up in a room, mm -hmm. would you lock the door? 
as the bouncer, as the dude who's just, I mean, obviously somebody didn't no, like you enough I, to cut you. Because if I was sewing my own arm up without anesthetic, I wouldn't mind somebody walking in. <laughs> you want somebody to pimp that shit because then they're scared of you. Because they're like, wow, look at you, hardcore. Yeah, but just... if you were in a room with your shirt off and some dude creeps in, gives you that smile, wouldn't you think he was trying to blow you? Yeah, but I'm not scared. You're not scared. You gotta. You have to become... You have to think that you're that guy. Like, you saw when he got cut, he didn't even react to it. That's true. He, he, he like, you're not scared He's so underacted old... it, I, I didn't even notice he got cut. See, you missed the whole thing. Like, you're that dude, you're not scared of anybody. Especially some old dude with a bolo so coming in. Dalton, not yeah, me, because I'm scared Dalton. of everything. If you're Dalton, look at him. He's sewing it up like he's, like he's mending a shirt. He, and you're not scared of this guy, regardless of his intentions, you sexual or whatnot. You can rip his throat out if needs yeah. be. I don't know, man. He's not I afraid mean, of a room full of motherfuckers. What, you think he's going to fucking bat an eye at this old-timer? I, I might, dude. You, it's it's the old-timers you got to be careful <laughs> of. scared of the sexual yeah. predator? <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. I mean, I was, let's see, this came out in 89, so I was about 18, 19 when I saw this. But, but let's say I was a 12-year-old Dalton. Sitting in that room, sewing up my arm, my arm scar, and this dude pimps in. I, I would, I would be afraid. I, you know, I, I bet you, twelve-year-old Dalton was sewing up his own wounds at twelve. Some dude walks into a room when your shirt's off, and he's like, "I want you to come with me. Here's a plane ticket." That doesn't occur to you as like predatory in any sort of way. Well, we don't live his life, you no. know. We don't. You don't have. I mean. You know, that's a common occurrence for him. People are coming looking for him. Happens all the time. Yeah. Look at him. See? God, that dude had great hair. What do you think? Sexiest uh, man alive, 1991, 91? I believe. Two years after this. So this isn't even the height of his sexual powers. Two years later. That's when people when, were when really he keyed would, in. Yeah. <laughs> people were like, wow, that was Swayze. We had no idea. You know, this was a movie that when it came out, um, it did like thirty million in box office, which I think is great. But I don't know what they spent on the movie to get that, that to, dude. That dude was in weird science. Totally, he's just like that old guy. He's the dude that said, "In the family jewels." Yeah, yeah. Wow, he is a staple of the eighties. Um, he uh, so so Swayze. Um, this is where he reveals the car. He I mean, do you, do you really make enough money being a bouncer to buy? Once again, if you're a Swayze. You're, you're, you got to make like you got to take him out of this. You're making him a common man. He is not. He is the Uber bouncer. He's a guy who's who's turned it into uh, you know tape player. He's the guy who's turned it into literally. <laughs> I like, your imagination, dude. You're yeah, really like a tape player. This dates that movie big time. It does date. It's also like this movie. Like you know, you think about all the modern conventions that we're stuck li seeing all the time in movies like. I was like cell phones. Mm. Like, you know, we're not going to see a cell phone in this movie. If we do, it's going to be about 96 feet. Yeah, long. it'll be the size it'll of the car. <laughs> pretty the... massive. Written by a guy named David Lee uh, Henry and Hillary Henkin. David Lee Henry um, was a dude who, who wrote very few films. He wrote Out for Justice, <laughs> <laughs> he wrote Roadhouse. He wrote Eight Million Ways to Die, which coincidentally was Hal Ashby's last theatrical film. Song, his yeah. swan song. Um, he wrote The Evil That Men Do, which I believe was a Bronson flick. Mm -hmm. Alfred Justice, of course, was a Steven Seagal picture. Eight Million Ways to Die had Jeff Bridges and, and Roseanne Arquette in it. But isn't that weird, Hal Ashby's last picture? 
But uh, but he also he I believe he's <laughs> dude without his shirt on. <laughs> Another dude. <laughs> well, he's dancing. Well, that's, what, that's why this place needs Dalton's help because they can't keep, a dress code. Yeah, <laughs> dudes can't keep their shirts on. He also wrote it with Hillary Hankin, who was a chick who also didn't write that much, but she wrote she co-wrote "Wag the Dog" with David Mamet, which I thought wow, was kind of interesting. There you go. And Romeo is bleeding. Um, if you're if you're David Lee Henry and Hillary Hankin, are you proud of this movie, or are you just like, yeah, it's something you gotta I did for a You got to be proud of all your children. I think so, but do you think there's a secret shame in any of it? Like, do you think they watch this movie and they're like, they didn't get it? <laughs> I, I don't. You know, I mean, I think if somebody if somebody at that time, mm. 1987, 1988, calls you up and says, okay, we want to write a modern western. Um, with it's kind of a modern. It western. is a modern western. If you notice, all the names in it are from, from taken right from. Yeah, I mean Dalton later so on. So here's the later this, on you'll meet Cat's name, Wade and Brad Wesley. Those are western names. Even the chicks fight. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Look at that little Superman curl, man. But anyways, he's missed the, it. He could have been Superman. See, there's a dude. Shirt. <laughs> it's kind of a gay bar they wanted to come and, and <laughs> patrol. Um, this is I always found it very strange though that like they like the house band but they throw beer bottles at them <laughs> as well like the way to show your affection kind of like a five year old uh, boy has affection for a five year old girl and pulls her pigtails yeah, yeah, yeah. or hair I don't even know if anyone does but pigtails the anymore deuce is they just about... whip fucking bottles at these cats and the one dude is blind like that's hateful look at that thing <laughs> where is that guy look at him he's working those eyebrows like he's trying to that's pretty amazing. So you're that dude, the dude who gets to hit on the chick. Yeah. Pretty, you know, pretty good part in the movie. Yeah. I wonder if he's a local. Whoa. Oh, whoa. Well, there he... it is. There it is. See, now Dalton's surveying all this because he realizes this is no way to bounce. You this don't... is not how you run a club. No, you don't grab people and beat the shit out of them, throw them around and stuff like that. There's another way to do it. But it is a modern Western in that there's a... He comes in to do a job. He doesn't want to get involved in the town politics. You know, it's a classic sort of Western story. But you're, you know, it's that time. It's 1980 something, and you're charged. You're, you're, you're offered to write this story. And these people, I think, took all the elements, you know, of the time uh -huh. and sort of crammed it into a movie. They took what was available to them do you and modernize a Western. I mean, I don't think this will ever. You know, I think they could be proud. Um, kind of like Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> Without do you think the unicorn. Uh, without the unicorn? Do you think? Uh, do you remember this chick? I do. Her name's Catherine Wilhoy. What do you recognize her from? Well, I remember her recently from uh, Lorenzo's Oil. Okay, I remember her going way the fart back on cable when I was a kid to a little picture that you two may remember with Phoebe Cates, and that picture was called Private School. <sighs> It was I one of the teen yes. titty flicks that was huge on cable when I was a kid, when I was first getting into that masturbatory period. And uh, there's a shot in the movie where that purports to show Phoebe Cates' ass, and you think it might be real, but unlike Fast Times Ridgemont High, where you can tell it's her boobs because her face is attached, yeah, you're never is, really you quite sure. Catherine Wilhoyt didn't show her. Kathleen Wilhoyt didn't show her ass. But this chick uh, went on to do some stuff, man. She's released two albums. Isn't that weird? She might sing in this also movie. Also an accomplished musician. She does sing in this movie. Very good memory. Wow. She's got two widely released albums. Pitch, <laughs> pitch like a girl and Sheila. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's why they need to clean the joint up. you got to get dudes like that out of there. 
Jeff Healy, who's a dude we did talk about quite a bit on that. Look, there it is, man. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, blind dude. Pitches a bottle at the motherfucker, and he is blind. He can't see that coming. I. That's a rowdy group. Oh, that, this bar c- c- clearly needs to be cleaned but up. But now, like, as a, as a guy who's, who, who, in 1989, I was a high school senior. <laughs> the rest of the band, just like, God, they threw another bottle. Look at him conspiring to play a joke on the on on Jeff Healy because yeah. he can't see. Wow. Totally. Movie. That's your bandmates right there. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, we're in. What do you want to do? <laughs> why Why do you think he's looking at him? <laughs> it's almost like he's going to recognize him. Jeff Healy's been blind since he was age one, sir. Age one. I wonder if he has a, a moment like a, like from when he was one that he remembers. That he remembers, that's, that's that he has any sort of context. Saw, yeah. I don't remember anything from age one, so it'd be tough. Since nobody here from the movie or Jeff Healy is <laughs> not here. We'll take a shot in the dark. Um, I mean, if you were a one-year-old, and let's say, like, if I was one or and I lost my sight, like, later on, and somebody was like, you know what red is? And I'm like, fuck no. And they're like, red, like Ronald McDonald's hair. Then I might make the connection. Gotcha. Because, like, I'm sure I'd remember something like clown with hamburgers. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that can come in handy useful. Every time you see a clown, you're looking for a burger. But uh, he, he took up guitar playing. At age three. Wow. After, you know, once the site was gone, I guess. Age he, three? Well, I don't remember. What were you doing at age three? I took up my own poop. <laughs> Probably fl- flinging around like a chip. I didn't take up a guitar. This dude did something constructive. This dude was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Look, my God. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been to many bars in my life, but I guess he's a pimp, right? No, I think he's proud of his... We don't have that. I think he's proud of his wives, his wife, his girlfriends. Um, I think he's a pimp. I, I, I think probably be useful. I to think he's baiting. Throw on the headphones, but he's proud of his new fake, her new fake boobs. I think part of the problem with the bar. No, he's total pimp, sir. He's trying to sell the. Ch- well, come on. No, no, no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No. Oh, he's you not think a- it's he's, it's a husband proud of the fake boobs? Yeah. So is he then going to get outraged? At, yeah. Look at him. See, he grabbed the one turn. too many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, You're that's right. why you that's why you don't invite that kind of thing. Never invite another man over to grab your your legs. I, I think it's really unfair to turn on a dude after you've been like, "Why don't you rub these?" Look, he gets mad. This now bar you, needs to be cleaned up. This, See that dude right there? Big yeah. dude. Flannel shirt. Yeah. He played, uh, he was in Batman Returns. He played uh, as credited as Fat Clown. Wow. He's the one that says, you missed. And then Batman, ah. he shoots the thing into the wall. He's holding Michelle Pfeiffer with a little shock thing. Gotcha. Uh, and then he, he gets knocked out. He was the Fat Clown in that movie. There's only one. So I will say this. This movie has got to be recognized as having employed literally hundreds of stunt people. Totally. Look at, there's bottles. There's Look at that. Non-stop. I don't know if he's a stunt guy. I'm not going to count him. On average, you're talking about, like, probably they got 40, 50 guys. Most of the extras, I bet you, were stunt guys. Could you imagine it's 1988, and you hear, like, hey, there's going to be this movie Roadhouse. I think they need a few stunt people. And And then it turns out everyone you know in the stunt business is working on this movie. And Jeff Healy's there. And Jeff Healy's there. uh Uh-oh. The breakaway bottles, the brawls. I, I will always be in awe of, of stunt people, how, like, it, it's very easy to, to kind of get hurt, but they never seem to really... He's definitely a stunt dude. They wow. never seem to really get hurt, you know what I'm saying? Like, Chris Reeves on a horse, jumps over a bush, you know, paraplegic. This dude got thrown over a fucking bar. 
and he's probably still walking around today. Well, there, I mean, there's, there's, you know, you gotta know how to fall. You gotta know how to fall. I mean, there's probably I, the people might have been injured. We don't know that. Yeah, but you know, you know what? The IMDb would have told us. Like some it three motherfuckers died making this picture. That that would stick out. That would be a fact. That would have been worth pop. it. Oh, you think so? Nah, I don't Loss know. of life on something like Roadhouse. Roadhouse, while it only made thirty million theatrically, and uh, it was roundly kind of drubbed by the critics, went on to become a, a massive, massive TV cult film because TBS and TNT seemingly run it every week, once a week. Um, and it's it's become an insanely valuable title in the video library, the MGM video library, now the Sony video library, because it, it it's one of these infinitely watchable movies. Where you can, if you're clicking around on cable and you see it on, you could just snuggle up with it like a like a teddy bear, or like put it on like a warm sweater. You can. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't demand much no, of you. It really doesn't. So far, he hadn't shown me shit. See now, we're big T auto sales. Could you imagine? Um, I lost you, my train of thought. I got it. It doesn't demand much of you. Is what you're getting at. And I completely agree. It is a movie that just kind of washes over you. Well, you can just sit down. You're in. You're out. You can go. You know. You you don't You can drop out for a few minutes, make a phone call, go to the bathroom. You can come back, and you're not like you're not confused. No, you're like yeah, he's still in charge. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're not gonna walk it. You're not gonna walk back in and not understand the, you know, what the stakes are. I always thought this was a pretty ingenious plan where you you buy. A beater car, the shit car, to bring to work because knowing that people are going to hate you, yeah, stab your tires and shit like that. That's the car that you bring to to work. Extra and then, tires and, and pack extra tires, and then you leave the good car someplace else where nobody could fuck with it. Well, he's, I mean, it's a forward thinker, Dalton. I mean, and that's the philosophy. I don't actually think those tires. I don't think you would have been able to close the trunk. I'm going to say that that's the first really unbelievable moment of the movie. No, really. You don't I think the fucking like the dude going to feel my my wife's boobs was was unbelievable. Um, not in that particular space. That bar with the guy rowdy. with the one guy without a shirt on, you feel like anything can happen. <laughs> Walk through the door, it's like a gay fantasia. <laughs> it was. Um, this is I, I, the great irony here is that uh, this joint that he's gonna take residence up and he takes residence up in the barn house at this dude's property is right across the the little river or lake or whatever you would call it from the villain will eventually meet ben gazera his yeah um the the sadist who runs the town small oh, town yeah. the guy he goes up against lives across the river right i mean what are the chances that like he's gonna go up against that dude and he lives next door to him too what does it keep your enemies closer? You know. Yeah, but he didn't even know it. He doesn't even in. know. But he, but he's that guy who it's maybe Zen. knows. Yeah. He, knows he knows going in. Knowing. He knows he needs to get close. Jeff Healy. Before we forget about Jeff Healy, although how could we possibly? Because really, he led to us getting this job. Mm -hmm. uh, Canadian. A Canadian. Canadian. Uh, some might say a Canadian institution. Um, but he currently owns a bar in Toronto, 178 Bathurst. It's called. It showcases blues bands. A blues band? Yeah. So Jeff Healy, who was only in one other movie other than Roadhouse, um, the name of which escapes me, but I bet you I can pull it up pretty quickly. No Way Home, about seven years after after Roadhouse. Oh, do you know what? He wasn't even that. He was only in one movie as an actor. That was he was a, a composer. He was the composer for No Way Home. Well, he, he was, was a musician one movie. at heart. I don't think you know. 
It wasn't from uh, lack of trying. You think it was a case that they wanted to put angel eyes into the movie, and then they were like, well, why don't you play the guy? I think I mean I mean one he's a blues player it's a it's a roadhouse I mean it all it all fits and make him a character but I mean I I I doubt that he was I don't think he was necessarily pursuing acting uh-oh their first moment there he is look I mean could you do you think you could see somebody that from that far away um I'm sh- or would you be peering like with squinting your eyes they just look like a blur um, but, the- but that was Ben Gazzara Ben the great Ben Gazzara who uh, most people know from Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Mm-hmm. He's a dude who, like, caught wind. He's consistently acted over his entire uh, perf- performing career, and he caught a lot of a, a second wind, third wind, maybe even fourth wind in the, in the 90s all the way up to the present. That dude doesn't stop working, Ben Gazzara. He's, 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 he's always around. I don't think... Cassavetti's favorite. Cassavetti's. I think that, you know... He's always got not that every movie's a, but he's always he has his moments every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Happiness. Happiness. Um, what else leaps to mind? Do you have that sheet of paper? Uh, yeah, those sheet of papers nearby. Uh, Buffalo '66 leaps to mind. Yeah. Um, let's see what else they got for. Open hysterical blindness. I love hysterical that. He blindness. won a, he won an award for being in hysterical blindness, supporting actor. So right award. now he's doing pretty well. Dude's all over the map, man. He works. Classy, classy actor. This, this is a new double deuce. Let's talk uh, Swayze for a second. Dogville. He was in Dogville. Right. The dude's not hard up for work. Um, and I, I bet you this has something to do with it, too, even though most people are like, ah, oh, it's Roadhouse, it's cheese. So many people have seen it, and so many people kind of dig it for what it is that I think when you're thinking about actors, you're like, yeah, I need some guy who looks like Ben Gazzara. Why don't I go for Ben Gazzara? That intensity. Um, Swayze, the Swayze canon. Yeah. I'm trying to narrow down what films would be in the Swayze canon if there was one. Like, what constitutes the strongest or most popular body of his work and and I went through his list of flicks and okay. this is and see if you agree with me I say the Swayze canon even though he was in uh, Skate Town USA uh, back in, in 1979 for me the Sway- Swayze canon really begins with Red Dawn mm-hmm. in 1984 he was in North and South a min- TV miniseries but I ain't counting that then it's Young Blood, an awesome the awesome movie piece of cheese about hockey uh, maybe the second greatest hockey movie ever made after uh, Slapshot. Yeah. Maybe third after um, MVP, Most Valuable Primate, The Chimp on Ice Movie, yeah, yeah. whatever that was called. Okay, so you go Red Dawn, Young Blood. Young Blood's 1986. Then a year later, you've got Dirty Dancing, and that's where he breaks huge. That's where he goes. Playing yeah. Johnny Castle. Mm-hmm. Um then he had two clunkers after that called Steel Dawn and Tiger Warsaw. And then it was Roadhouse, mm-hmm. um, which even though it didn't fare that well at the box office, I mean, $30 million, I, you know, that's I think $30 hey, million we're is good. Here. Yeah, totally. We're here right now, so it's got to count We've, for something. If, totally. And $30 million bucks in 1989 has got to be like $180 million yeah. in 2006 dollars. Totally. Uh, after that, Next of Kin. Remember Next of Kin? I do. I include that in the canon, although some people I imagine would find that controversial. They might controversial drop it choice. off, but... Uh... But still, that was when he's in his heyday. That's his his. That's the predecessor to Ghost, yes. which is probably the most. I, would you? Which would you say is the most popular? Uh, Dirty Dancing or Ghost in the Swayze canon? 
I don't know. I Those think are two they're, they're, huge yeah. fucking movies. Like, you know, if you're lucky, you're in one fucking huge movie as an actor. That dude was in fucking two. I got to maybe say that Dirty Dancing has to be number one. That that's think the so? one that, like, over time will sort of... It's the one people... More people see... I mean, Ghost was a massive phenomenon when it, it was, was out. But huge. I think more people still remember Dirty Dancing I think that, over Ghost. That may be the one also that people are picking up, you know, more... As it goes along, that could be like new audiences are seeing Swayze there for the first time, as opposed to Ghost. I want you to remember. Strange. Yeah, I would have. If I was a betting man back in the day, I would have bet. I would have bet Ghost. But I think you're right. Dirty Dancing. I also included in the Swayze can and his appearance in that Saturday Night Live sketch where he played the Chippendale dancer with uh, with uh, Chris, Chris Farley because that is kind of classic. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of Swayze at at his height, as far as I'm concerned. Is she? And then I, I say that the curve ends with Point Break. Wow, you're cutting them off there. That's, yeah, 91, because it was still a somewhat popular movie um, with Keanu and whatnot. Um, and uh, then after that, everything, like City of Joy, remember that was his, his classy yeah. bid where he was that you know, working out. in India or somewhere like that. And uh, it didn't really pan out. And then. Then you got Father. Honorable mention to Tu Wong Fu. Tu Wong Fu for playing a chick, sure, a cross-dresser, but didn't really break out. Tu Wong Fu no. didn't really light his career on fire. I mean, you know, props for being in Donnie Darko, of course. Mm-hmm. What about, uh, wasn't he in... Um he played the Alan Quarter. He played Alan Quarterman in a, a TV version of King Solomon's Mines. Yes, he was definitely in the Outsiders, but I would not include that as part of the Swayze canon because it's too much of a ensemble, ensemble piece. Yeah, and also Outsiders in 1983. Um, some might say Uncommon Valor, where they had to go free. You know the I'll tell you, Vietnam I, 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 I wouldn't include that in the canon. For me, the canon begins with Red Dawn, even though that too is an ensemble piece because he was a big part of it. He's a dude that forces the kid to piss in the. Yeah, the, absolutely. Uh, well, the, I think if you're going to include Red Dawn... What, are the, what was that thing called the, in the car? Canteen. Radiator. Radiator. Canteen. <laughs> forces <laughs> him to piss in the canteen drink it. Yeah, he forces him to piss in the radiator so they get the, get the truck going and whatnot. Um, but that, for me, it begins But if with you're going to include Red Dawn, which is an ensemble, then you have to... Then I think you do have to go back to The Outsiders. you got to throw well, it then in I'm there. Well, then I'm willing to let Red Dawn go because I, I, I cannot include The Outsiders as part of it. He's a small part of The Outsiders. Very small. Red Dawn, he's a big part. But it's still, like, you'd have to say, like, it was the outsider, whereas you kind of have to count, because you'd have to say that that was his, uh, it was a Coppola movie. It's like, like, you know, he was validated by the film community by being involved in that. So I think you have to include it. Um, that The bartender? Yeah. John Doe from that band X. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Made a career for himself as an actor after X. Everyone's impressed with with Dalton's act. Even the blind guy can see how yeah, good Dalton is. Yeah, he can feel. Is. He yeah. knows that um, he's making his mark he's not, already. He's not getting hit with any fucking shards of glass. Wow, anymore, look so. at that hair. Oh, yeah. See, this movie did kind of have it all. It had ass kicking. It had fucking nudity. <laughs> look at that dude. Why does the girl have clothes on? Nudity, I don't know. Get <laughs> totally. I don't know, but it is kind of strange considering that. We've probably seen more male flesh in this movie than than chick flesh. Like oh, yeah. there's all these loving shots of Dalton with his shirt off. There was the dude dancing in the bar with his shirt off, 
and then this chick has her dress kind of hiked up and and her top pulled down but the, the, the other bartender is like i'm just taking all my clothes off to get this done like for a quickie you know it's like hold on i'm not ready and he has to completely disrobe and then he's like okay now i'm ready for sex I didn't hear what he said, but I think that uh, I don't. I think Dalton frowns upon. Um, well, not on company time. No, and probably not with uh, 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 somebody who patron of the bar. The, was it a patron or was it? I remember this moment because he's going after him for till tapping, ah. for taking money out of the register, and and they don't take too kindly that, and he's going to shit can this dude. Did we miss the moment where he takes? I was talking to Brian Johnson, a friend of ours, yesterday, and he remembered in this movie that like there is a moment where the guy takes from the till, and he says that he's he's looking around so suspiciously. <laughs> and he said it was a, his favorite part of the movie. Yeah, that's, that's early. It was like that's early, early on in the picture. That's because when Dalton was just watching when he's the whole room, he yeah, watched he, him. he peeped that out. So now here's where you find out why the dude buys a separate car. Because uh, as he leaves the place at night, he's going to see that his car has been fucking attacked. Mercilessly attacked. But it don't matter because he's got like 19 spare tires in that trunk. That never-ending trunk. He Look laughs. at him. He, yeah, he just chuckles, it, chuckles it away. Very zen, this dude. Because he knows. All right, I got spares. What do I give a fuck? I'm Dalton. <laughs> I don't even think he goes that far. Um, there's the, where's that, where's that awesome sheet of Dalton facts? I believe he's reading, reading Legends of the Fall. He is, Jim Harrison's Legends of the Fall. He's a reader. Look at this. He looks across, <laughs> again, with the, dude's got vision like Superman. He can see over that, that lake. I, um, I, I remember seeing this movie and, and going, wow, is that what happens when you get a little money? You can have crazy parties where people tear their clothes off and go swimming. 30 people running towards a pool. I, I've got a little money, you know, I've got, I've, and, and I've, I've, I've done pretty well over the course of the last 12 years. Never had a party like this in never. my life. Look at that dude. I've done that, but I was by myself. <laughs> I could never get people around me. Look at that. He's, and, and there's a is man that guy who's standing so, up. That yeah, he's he's like <laughs> lurch. <giant. laughs> he's a giant. He's their friend from the circus. A dude who's so comfortable with how hardcore he is, he's willing to wear a pink bathrobe. Says a lot about Ben Gazzara. Um, or Ben Gazzara's character, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go on record. I, I can't credit that to Ben himself. Some Dalton facts, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh. Taking a page from the uh, from the uh, the Chuck Norris from the Chuck Norris playbook, Dalton's tears cure cancer. Gosh. It's just too bad he's never cried, ever. Um. Dalton does not sleep, <laughs> sir. He waits. Look once again, more male nudity, and look at the hungry look from her. I wow. think that's kind of cool because they rarely show that in movies where chicks are w like women are lusting. Yeah, where like literally drools coming out of her mouth, and she's just like, "I'd eat that ass." You don't really see that that much. <laughs> it's always like the dude playing a horn dog, but I think that's kind of a brave choice. Uh, did you know that uh, the chief export <laughs> of Dalton is pain? That's awesome. The well, chief export of Dalton is pain. If you can see Dalton, he can see you. If you can't see Dalton, you may only be seconds away <laughs> from death. Um, number six Your favorite. is uh, Dalton has counted to infinity twice. <laughs> That's hard ass. Uh, Dalton does not hunt because the word hunting implies the probability of failure. <laughs> Dalton goes killing. <laughs> Dalton's blood type is AK plus. 
ass-kicking positive. It is compatible only with heavy construction equipment, tanks, and fighter jets. You know, Dalton is one-eighth Cherokee. I didn't know that. This has nothing to do with his ancestry. The man once <laughs> ate a fucking Indian. <laughs> uh, the legend goes on. Look at him. That's what happens when you're sadistic. You weave along the road. Uh, did you know that there's no chin behind Dalton's beard? There's only another fist. <laughs> I didn't know that. I think that's genius. Because he doesn't even have, he a, doesn't beard. have a beard. <laughs> um, Dalton once roundhouse kicked someone so hard that his fist broke the speed of light, went back in time, and killed Amelia Earhart while she was still flying over the Pacific Ocean. He don't care. He's just a care. rich psychotic who's got the town in a stranglehold in his grip. Uh, now, here's the only other uh, place of business outside of the car dealerships that we see and the, and the double deuce. The only places of business that exist in this little town. The only free operating, and it's actually right by the bar. And uh, there's this dude who plays... Uh, What's his name in the movie? Red West, I believe, is well, the Red name West, of his character. Red West, no, Red West is his Bro, name. His real name. I believe. I believe um, his name is Red in the movie, too. Well, I think it's Reb, isn't it? Rev? Rev. Hold on, I'll be able to tell you in two secs. Probably be useful if we put our headphones on, but he plays Red Webster. His uh, name in real life is Red West. He plays, he plays Red Webster. Old Red West is notable because he was uh, Elvis Presley's boyhood friend. And yes. he was part of the Memphis Mafia that you hear so much about. His his cousin Sonny was Elvis's bodyguard and whatnot. Um, so this dude is not only an actor, and he's acted in a shitload of fucking movies. Yeah. But he's been a character in movies as well. Anytime they make a movie about Elvis, there's a Red there's a Red West. West. And interestingly enough, he's his son, who's an actor, John Boyd West, played him in an Elvis TV movie. Wow. That will never happen. For me because i got a daughter so if they ever make a movie in which kevin smith is a character she unless it's a victor victoria kind of thing she's not gonna she's not do gonna it unless they want to depict me accurately as having no fucking dick whatsoever then she could play me in that movie she could but isn't that in that kooky like this was this this is the red west this is the dude who is tight with elvis oh, terrific hope you're gonna clean that place up bad element over there i think i think his kid might have played him more than once I thought when I read it that his kid played him a couple times. Did he play him in the? He in didn't the play him in the in, in the Carpenter one. No, on no, the Carpenter one he would have been a kid. In the John Carpenter one, the one with you know Kurt Russell, uh, Robert Gray played Red West. Hmm. But could you imagine like you're, like this dude's built a career playing an actor, and he's got a long list of credits. Yeah. Um, but you're also, somebody. You some other actor has played you. Essayed the role of fucking Red West in your lifetime, multiple times. Tai Chi. Is that what it is? I believe he's doing Tai Chi. Well, <laughs> you said tight jeans. Yeah, I'm like, like yeah, tight pants. Tight. I'm, again, check this dude out. No shirt, glistening fucking muscles. Do you see the stitch from where he was, the, the scar from where he stitched himself uh, up? Or is this a long I don't time know. has passed since then? I think he heals like. Wolverine. He's got that mutant healing factor? He does. God, He's if I had a body like that, I would walk around my shirt off all the time, too. No two ways about it. And beg people to shoot me. 
like on there film. it is look at there's there's the mo see that's more of a perspective of what you would see from totally. across the river a realistic perspective he just thinks he's a jackass I don't know, with the sound so turned down this movie is insanely homoerotic <laughs> <laughs> without hearing what's going on wait there is a scar i think but he's underestimating him that's his downfall right there. That scene, that that's a pivotal scene where basically he rides up on his ATV and mm -hmm. he underestimates him because he thinks he's doing some Chinese pansy shit. Um, again, sound turned down. It's like a series of dudes looking <laughs> at dudes with their shirts off. Do you think uh, they'll make a biopic about Jeff Healy one day the way they made one about Ray Charles? It would have to be a Canadian biopic, but do you think they'll do it? Um, I don't want to say no. You don't want to rule it out? I don't want to rule it out. I'm going to say, I'm going to, if I had to put money on it today, I, I would say no. And that's a, no offense to Jeff Healy I mean, whatsoever. He's a Canadian institution, sir. And in a very popular movie. A movie that will, will uh, go down uh, well remembered in history. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's too far fetched. Plus, it's Canadian TV. I mean, they got to fill it with Canadian heroes. And, and I th I'd say Jeff, Jeff Healy constitutes. A Canadian hero? He's got to be one. Well, I got to say, I mean, they got to do Brian Adams before that, though. You're probably right. It's He's, a foregone if, conclusion that if there will a, actually be. If they're listing it at the CBC or CTV, if they're listing out the biopics, Jeff Feely's not number one. Really? He's not. I mean, no, and once again, I mean, no, no offense, offense to Jeff Feely. And no offense to Brian. Oh, this dude uh -oh, he's got a buck knife. knife out. Yeah. Look at him. How will Dalton take it? Two swipes and he leans back. I got I'm surprised he's somebody hasn't taken their shirt off yet. Oh, I thought he was going for his pants for a second. What do you want to kiss and make up? It's always some fat guy smooching like a pig at you. <laughs> Making <going>. kissy face. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, through the You knew that was coming, sir. The moment there was a window, somebody was going through it. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Another knife. God, Didn't this dude learn anything? Oh, oh another shit. cut. Fuck you, dude. I'm gonna sew it up myself later on. What do you think they're... What's the draw of watching people fight? What's the draw of Yeah, like, we, we really fell silent to watch the fight. Like, why... Well... I mean, even though we know it's a fake fight, it's like watching wrestling to some degree. Why why, why do you think we're intrigued? One, it, it allows us to not need to fight ourselves. Do you, Have you ever been in a fight? Not really. Nothing that I would compare. Nothing where, like, there was blood and, and glass. Whoa. Um, nothing where I, I would call it anything worth watching. Nobody would have stopped to watch the altercation I was in. Let me put I was it that in, way. I was in one sort of fight, um, two actually, throughout the course of my lifetime. One, I was at the uh, YMCA in Red Bank at one point, Kelly Lynch. And, um, and uh, me and my cousin Johnny were in there and we were playing video games, more interested in playing video games than going swimming or doing anything athletic. And... Uh, some kids came up to us and, and said, uh, yo, you got any money for the video games? And so we gave them some of the quarters. And then the dude was like, no, we want all the money. And I said, and my cousin was a little smaller than me. Mm -hmm. um, he was younger, about a year or two younger than me. And um, I said, um, I said, well, what are we going to play games with? And they said, we don't care. And then, um, <laughs> I don't know why I even asked. And then they said, uh, they said, Yo, which one of these dudes are we gonna hit first? And these dudes were bigger than us too. And um, somebody in the group, because there were four of them against two of us, go, don't hit the little one, hit the fat one. 
and I was dreading it because I knew I was the fat one, and I knew the punch was coming, and I got punched like right in the chest, and then they took like two dollars from us, and and then we went and played video games like in the next room and shit, and we went and told the YMCA people and whatnot, and they stayed, they were like, well, can you prove it? I said no. So I wouldn't kind of, I wouldn't really be a fight. I was like nine at the so time, you needed, ten. You needed a Swayze. I, know, I did. I needed a Swayze dog. I needed to go <laughs> there was like... track him down and be like, look, I got some trouble at the YMCA. You want to be a bouncer? Um, <laughs> <arcade> interesting. bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> in the YMCA. Interestingly enough, though, um, somebody in that little scenario had their shirt off because we were in the locker room. <laughs> so apparently, whenever there's shit going down, somebody has a shirt Somebody's off. Somebody's got to take their shirt off. The only other fight I was ever kind of somewhat involved with in my life was... Um, I think uh, I've heard this Yeah, one. Ernie O'Donnell. Ernie O'Donnell. Ernie O'Donnell was going, uh, kind of going with this girl named uh, Carla when we were... And she went to a different school. Like, we hung out with her, me, him, and, and Carla, and Ernie liked her, and... and I, I don't know if she really liked Ernie or not, but she would tell me that she didn't. And I didn't like her. She was just a girl that I that I hung out with. And um, I guess she told Ernie she didn't want to date him or anything like that. And, and she had given Ernie a pair of sunglasses or something. So Ernie, I guess, assumed that I was the guy that came between him or something like that. So he comes up to me in the hallway, and he'd been avoiding me all day. And, like, there were whispers of a fight and shit. And I'm like, this is my friend. He's not going to fight me. And I'm at my locker room in the hallway. And I was in high school at this point. I'm going to put my books away in the locker. And Ernie goes, uh, these are for Carla. And he gives me her sunglasses. And I go, oh, dude, I don't want those. And then he slams me into the locker. And then he starts to try to, like, grab me to elbow me in the face. But uh -huh. he didn't grab me successfully. So he missed. And so, and I'm not so not trying to sound like a tough guy. Like, I had this dude, like, I was fucking Dalton. I don't think but people are going to take nobody, it. Away. Yeah, nobody's buying that tough guy. But he just didn't connect. He, he was just, he just... He missed. Yeah, totally missed. And, and the whole time, I'm still putting my books away. And yeah. there's a crowd around us. Like, because when a fight breaks right. out, yeah, yeah. people, people want to see some bloodshed. And there was a big crowd around us. And, um... You know, I don't remember if anyone was chanting, like, kick, kick his ass or kill him or whatever. But I just kept putting my books away going, Ern, I don't want to fight you, man. And um, it just eventually dissolved. Like, Ernie just, just kind of walked away. Huh. And it was, like, the only near fight example I've been in, and it was strange. You know, I never want to be in, in a fight myself, well, particularly in a bar fight. Like, what's his... Like, uh, Muse has been in... Jason Muse, uh, who plays Jay in the movies we've done, has been in many a fight. Mm-hmm. But also, he'll he'll be in fights that he didn't even instigate. Like, he'll be in a bar, and somebody will be like, you that guy in Clerks? And they'll go, yeah, and they'll punch him in the fucking face. And, and then he has to, shit. and then, yeah, and then he fucking breaks out and, and beats the shit out of people. Because he's a pretty wild fighter. Joey Adams, who was in Chasing Amy, she said she was in a bar in Arkansas, and the girl was like, are you that girl who was in Chasing Amy? She said, yeah, and the girl punched her in the fucking face. Like, what? why do people go to bars, dude? I know you want to get your drunk on, but what can't you do it at home? Well, obviously, they go to bars to find people for movies and punch, <laughs> them, in punch the them in the face. It's insane to me, man. Well, let me just say this about fighting, and this is a quote from the movie, which yes. is, nobody ever wins a fight. That's what, that's a Daltonism. That's what we're going to wrap up our conversation with fights about. Is that nobody ever Oh, I'm putting a cap on the fight. Cover. Yeah. I thought we were done. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like movie ain't over. even over, sir. I'm like, the big, the monster truck has arrived. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the picture's just taken off. There's nothing more to say. This is, uh, this is a scene where the, the, the Ben Gazzara's character... Um, he lines up his lackeys and, and tells him the plan. Yeah, well, and then bitch slaps that guy, him. That guy obviously <laughs> had a problem with the plan. Talked back. Come on, Ben. But he 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 don't care. He's gonna give it to him. If he would have called him, ben. oh, he he gave it to him in the fucking nuts too. 
Could you imagine? It's like you know you could fucking beat up uh, his character. You know you can beat up Brad Wesley, the Jasper Kingpin, because that's where this whole movie takes place in Jasper. But if you throw a punch at him, you're going to get killed by everyone else and stuff. So you got to let this old man beat you up. It's it's probably the equivalent of getting your money stolen at the YMCA as a nine-year-old. This is a lot like, you know, this This is a lot like what happened to you. Oh, I hit him again. I thought they were friends. Did you know that most people have 23 pairs of chromosomes and Dalton has 72 and they're all poisonous? <laughs> you know, I didn't know that. Dalton drives an ice cream truck covered in human skulls. <laughs> That'd be awesome. In a like, fight between da- Batman and Darth Vader, the winner would be Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy it. Police label anyone attacking Dalton as a code 4511. Which is a suicide, sir. He's oh, wearing, they they went after Red. Uh, so this is when the this is when the drifter, the man, the man. What is he wearing? A karate shirt? A dojo? <laughs> that was the style at the time. You um, can get away with rocking a, a gi, if you will. Every week. He don't like to see the little man downtrodden. It's he one thing to like to come into a business. one thing to come into a bar and start some shit, but you never want to walk into town and and see like little guy getting attacked and shit like that. A little mom and pop shop. I have to say that I was reading some of the reviews of the movie, and they and one of the reviews said that Kelly Lynch's character sleeps with them on the first. She does. Right after they met. Yeah, well, in the movie. But not on. The, but it's on their first date. Yeah, they haven't gone on a date. Yet. Oh, okay. Like him, her stitching him up doesn't, doesn't really constitute, constitute a date, date, especially when he could have stitched himself up. Well, then why did he go? That's an interesting question. I wonder why, because we I saw him. <laughs> we might have known. Oh snap, son. See what they literally are saying. They really here keep is you that intrigued that... the whole time. I mean, oh. the great Sam Elliott. Um, but they literally that bar is so hardcore. They're like crossed out T-shirt and made it a wet G-string contest. Yeah, that is hardcore. Um, I, that's why I don't like the movie became a big cable favorite. But on cable, on TBS and TNT, you miss the jiggle. Like they don't they don't show the boobs. That's... Yet still, that's the power of this film, sir, is that even though it's it's become massively popular... Even without bare chests. Yeah, it's... they didn't have to show the boobs to do it. It's just the content of the film. It's the the draw of the drama that, that pulls people in. Do you like Sam Elliott? Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Sam Elliott, I gotta say. He's... Dalton abides, sir. He uh, He's my Dalton. Is he really? <laughs> Do you know what Sam Elliott's first movie appearance was? I believe it was... He started as a stuntman, I believe. But I know he was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And do you know what his other connection to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is? Um, no. He's married to Catherine Ross. Oh. Years later, they got married. But uh, he's in the opening sepia... The stuff at the beginning of the movie that's in sepia. Yeah, he plays. he's one of the card players. Yeah. Um, he's a dude that always sounds like he's from the West, but it really is from Sacramento, California. Well, you know, um, I know a couple of people from Sacramento, and they, they um, have a Southern draw. There's a certain, you know, Donald's from Sacramento, and he's got a little bit there. I all I know about Sacramento is when I was a kid, I watched that TV show Eight Is Enough. Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, Dick Van Patten. Yeah, I think that was his name. And they lived in Sacramento. I also know that it's the capital of California. <laughs> 
But none of the none of the Van Pattens ever sounded like they had a Texas drawl. See, here's a moment in the film where they make a statement, but I think they've taken the chicken wire down. Oh, not only is the chicken wire down, but they're willing to let her sing. She was not a part of the band before, but now they're willing to put a girl on stage without fear of reprisal, some beer bottle hitting her or something like that. Um, but, you know, Kevin Teague's club owner character got to redo the place the way he wanted to. That's good. And he's feeling pretty good about it right about now. Um, this chick right here, Julie Michaels. Julie Michaels. Julie Michaels had a massive career and still has a massive career as a stunt woman. Does she do both? Is she acting too, or is she mostly doing stunts? Uh, now lately she's mostly doing stunts, but she she continues to act. She was just in a Desperate Housewives. Uh, she's been in Baywatch. I would say it's pretty evenly balanced between the two. <laughs> <laughs> the monster truck is fantastic. <laughs> you digging it? That's just that thing where it's like, what's you know, what's popular, and you got to figure that you, you write in a monster truck. It's menacing. That's why a movie like this, like it just got picked up by uh, CMT, country, mu- country Music Television. Yeah. It, it really has all the elements you want in it. It like, does. There's kind of like a country rockabilly music running throughout it. There's a monster truck. You know, it's about values, you know, and it's about if you got to kick ass, the dude's got the fucking knife in his boot. And Dalton saw it already. Well, he's, he's got the eye. Did you know that Dalton doesn't wash his clothes? He disembowels them. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> oh, he broke his... Did you see that? He literally broke his ankle. Yeah. Well, he's Dalton, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Dalton once shot down a German fighter plane with his finger by yelling bang? I didn't know that one. Dalton originally appeared in the Street Fighter 2 video game, but was removed by beta testers because every button caused him to do a roundhouse kick. When asked about this glitch, Dalton replied, that's no glitch. Genius. Dalton's got two speeds, my brother. Walk and kill. Dalton once ate a whole cake before his friends could tell him there was a stripper in it. <laughs> Time waits for no man unless that man is Dalton. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, America is not a democracy. It's a Dalton dictatorship. <laughs> Kelly Lynch, where do you think she did this in relation to to Drugstore Cowboy? This was before. You think it's before? Yeah. Let's see if you're right, man. Roadhouse, 89. Drugstore Cowboy, also 89. Wow, so we can't say... That one... Oh, I mean, one probably established her... They both came out in 89? As a classy actress, and the other, you know, kind of gave her some... She was mainstream hot. cred. And I believe there's a bit of nudity in here for her later on. Yeah? Oh, yeah. She was born in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She looks like a Midwestern girl. She does. Started her acting career with a small job at the Guthrie Theater. She studied under acting teacher Sanford Meisner and became a model for the famous Elite Modeling Agency. She first gained acclaim for acting in Gus Van Sant's film Drugstore Cowboy. 
uh, she earned an Independent Spirit Award nomination for that role and for her role in The Beans of Egypt, Maine. She married to Mitch Glazer. He's a writer. She is. He worked on Scrooged. Yep. Many years ago, among other things. This is, I did not know, she turned down the Sharon Stone role in Basic Instinct. Wow. She could have been the chick who uncrossed her leg. She could be in Basic Instinct, too. She could have been. She probably was too classy to open her legs up and showed a badge. Yeah. This dude, have her work in this dude. Even somebody like little dude's going to fall asleep at the and counter. he's taking care of him. He just told, pimps his hand out there, throws some cash down. So I guess this constitutes their first date. All right. Hey, Any anyway, time that you go out and have a meal separate of other people, mm-hmm. look at what they did to his car. This is what you'd call a reoccurring gag, right? Oh, totally. As a writer, I would definitely say <laughs> <laughs> that that is a reoccurring gag. <laughs> Did you know that uh, <laughs> Dalton doesn't teabag the ladies? He potato sacks them. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> there are no races. There are no races, sir. Only countries of people that Dalton has beaten to different shades of black and blue. <laughs> when Dalton was denied an egg McMuffin at McDonald's because it was 1035, he round cow- roundhouse kicked the store so hard it became a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> See, there it is, the beginning. That, all right, she just kissed him. God, she is kind of pretty, isn't she, Kelly Lynch? She's pretty. Her hair is very dated. But you think so? In what way? Because it's got about a get. It's very hairsprayed. Look at it. I mean, it's up. That's the '80s was up. The hair needed to come off of the the scalp and go up. And well, and and clearly. the deeper in the '80s you were, the higher it was actually. The higher it actually was. Clearly that wasn't their first date because she left without getting potato sacked. (laughs) (laughs) Contrary to popular belief, there is indeed enough Dalton to go around. They're always sending this dude's me- and this dude uh, Ben Gazzara's character is always sending his messengers, and really he could just go to the edge of the lake and be like, <laughs> "Get over, you're fucked." But he opts not to do it. Or it's the chubby guy. Yeah, the chubby dude's always being painted as fearful as well, which I completely resent. <laughs> oh, he's coming over now. Yeah, he invited him to his house because one pool table wasn't enough. This is where you get to see the menagerie of of, of animals. And he's a hunter. That he's killed, yeah. Well, we don't know that he's a hunter. We just know he's killed a lot of things. Uh-oh. She got the smack in the eye. That is going to make him angry. Of course. He hates uh, injustice, you know. Well, sir. uh <laughs> can divide by zero. <laughs> uh, Dalton doesn't actually write books. The words assemble themselves out of fear. Shut that shit off. <laughs> Dalton can believe it's not butter. When Dalton has sex with a man, it won't be because he's gay. It will be because he's run out of women. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> My grandfather. Looks like an important man. He was an asshole. Dalton doesn't bowl strikes. He just knocks down one pin and the other nine faint. The show Survivor had the original premise of putting... 
on an island with Dalton, putting all the people on the island with Dalton. There were no survivors in the pilot episode. Tape has been burned. <laughs> Did you know it takes Dalton 20 minutes to watch 60 minutes? <laughs> Dalton doesn't believe in Germany. <laughs> You've gotten rich off of the people in this town. <laughs> Do you know this movie was uh, shot by Dean Cundy? I did not know that. You know who Dean Cundy is, don't you? Uh, no. He's Dean, a DP. Yeah, he's a DP, and he shot Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He shot Jurassic Park. Yeah, he was a Spielberg kid because he worked on Casper, Flintstones. Um he he went on to shoot Apollo 13 as well. He shot DC Cab. Big Trouble in Little China. Wow. Back to the fucking future, sir. The same person that shot <laughs> Roadhouse shot Back to the Future. Did he shoot all three? He did. He's also shot Escape from New York, Halloween 2, The Thing. The Halloween Thing. 2 is a good-looking movie. Psycho 2. Did he shoot Halloween Romance 1? in the Stone. He shot The Fog. He did shoot the first Halloween. Jesus, man. So this dude has been hardcore um, John Carpenter, hardcore Zemeckis, Zemeckis, hardcore Steven Spielberg, and now hardcore uh, Rowdy Roddy Har Harrington, the director of the movie, who we didn't really even talk about. Rowdy Harrington um, directed, uh, before this movie, he directed a flick called Jack's Back. Did you ever see it? With uh, James Spader. James Spader. Yeah. About Jack the Ripper. Uh-huh. He later on he did Gladiator, but not you know the Gladiator that everyone seems to remember, the one with the the boxing flick with Cuba, the, with Cuba Gooding Jr. and the dude who was in Twin Peaks. Yeah, he Look did that. that. I saw that movie when I was in Vancouver when I when I met you in film school in '92. Yep. I saw it up there on a weekend by myself. Went to a movie that went and saw three movies that day. I saw Gladiator, saw Ruby, uh -huh. the one with uh, Danny Aiello. I saw Aiello. Ruby with you. And Did then you? I split. And then you split. You watched one with me, and you're like, fuck this. And I was like, I'm going to see two more movies. And I snuck into the other two. I think I think uh, he did Striking Distance as well. Mm -hmm. With Bruce Willis. With Bruce Willis. And Sarah Jessica Park but in prior Pittsburgh. To, in Pittsburgh. In the Pittsburgh. But prior to this, he was a gaffer. Big time uh -huh. gaffer. He worked on Hots, dude, as an electrician. Remember Hots? Mm -hmm. Hold on to sex. He was a... Movie with the seal. Repo Man. He was a grip. He brought a little something to this movie, I think. He wrote Jack's Back. He wrote and directed it. He also wrote Striking Distance. Um, he brought something to this movie. A lot of people, I, I think, there's a big discussion as to whether this movie is uh, so bad it's good or did they know that they were making a film that was uh, kind of playing with archetypes, stereotypes. Were they parodying male machismo? What do you think? Um, were they sitting here going like... They we're consciously gonna... sort of like... No, were they knowingly kind mm. of parodying this type of movie, yes. or were they making this? Or type were they of movie? making this type of movie, and they were so committed, it's just you know funny. I gotta say, they were making this movie. You really you don't think? Like, I don't know. I don't I, know. If you see Jack's back, it, there's a sense of humor going on there that makes me think that maybe the dude kind of was, was winking a bit it. while he was making this picture. I'll take care of it. Did you know that Joel Silver was a producer of this movie? 
I did. It was a silver picture. It was a silver picture. Joel Silver, of course, responsible for many movies, like, of course, The Matrix, all The Matrix movies, the Lethal Weapon movies, any action movie you liked in the last, few, in the last I don't know, 20 years, he probably had a hand in. Um, and some of the ones you didn't like, either. Um, but he was, Roadhouse was, was his. Do you know he was a producer on Weird Science? I did not know That's that. That's the one movie that really doesn't fit into the whole silver oeuvre. But here's something I guarantee you didn't know about Joel Silver. Okay. Did you know that Joel Silver invented the cesarean section when he roundhouse kicked his way out of his mother's <laughs> womb? Um, he is uh, is responsible for the sport of extreme frisbee. Wow. Ultimate frisbee. Considered the primary founder of ultimate frisbee. In 1968 at Columbia High School in Maplewood, New Jersey. He's from Jersey. He's from South wow. Orange, New Jersey. I had relatives in, in Maplewood. Um, Did they know of him as the great Frisbee? Mm-mm. But he attended Lafayette College where he formed the first collegiate Ultimate Frisbee team in 1970. So this dude had two careers. He created Ultimate Frisbee, and then he was like, ah, fuck, I'm going to wasn't enough? Movies. No, it wasn't enough. would have been enough for some men. Do you know that like Joel, Silver, Joel Silver walked into a, a Burger King, ordered a Big Mac, and got one. <laughs> Do you have any Joel Silver factoids? On his birthday, Joel Silver randomly selects one lucky child to be thrown into the sun. <laughs> I've heard that. It takes 14 puppeteers to make Joel Silver smile, but only two to make him destroy an orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> Joel Silver built a time machine and went back in time to stop the JFK assassination. As Oswald shot, Joel Silver met all three bullets with his beard, deflecting them. JS, JFK's head exploded out of sheer amazement. <laughs> so how come you never got married? I did. Here's the, this has got to be the date scene, right? There's some sex coming up. Uh, there's probably a little nudie, you think? Let's hope so. I mean, it would be nice to even out the female nudity with the copious amounts of male nudity that we've seen in this picture. She's hot, he's hot. <laughs> Together? Together, it's just hot. Instant heat. They should call this chapter 26 hot. When you were uh, a kid watching movies like this, yeah. uh, did you learn anything about how to make moves on a girl? Um, you can never be as movie smooth as, say, Dalton, but... Did you ever try? Like, do you think movies are responsible for whatever mojo you got with chicks? Oh, did I learn my moves? Did I learn some moves? Like, did you take that move where you take a woman's hands and rub them up and down your chest? Like, I would never do that. Like, feel my man boobs. I mean, I guess if I had pecs like Swayze, I'd be like, feel them. But uh, I would never take a woman's hands and put them on my man boobs. I would also not direct a woman's hands to my pants because I think she would just smack me. You would never do that? This, I, I, I wouldn't do that either. It takes too much up. effort. No, because you pick a woman up, and then you get I'd get all sweaty and shit, and my arms would fucking buckle, my legs would buckle, I'd probably fall and collapse on her and kill her. So it'd probably be best to just not to not engage in that. Like, uh, you don't want to be sweaty. Have you ever done this, like made out with a chick against a wall? Um, I think I might have. Have you? Yeah. Never in my life have I fucked a chick against a wall. That just doesn't look comfortable to me. I'm a real lay-down kind of guy. Like I'm a bottom. Lay-down? Yeah, and it's not a good good decision for me to be on top anyway, for for her safety and also because I run out of breath so quickly. 
Um, I, I think I, I believe I have. Um, I didn't, I, I, I can't say, perhaps I, I, I've taken my cue from this movie. You're rubbing her against a brick wall, sir. Well, and I'm, not even a smooth I, I, brick it's not wall. not like I did in that room. Right. I'm sure you didn't. But you're Dalton and you're rubbing the chick against the brick wall. Like, it's not in real life, the chick would be like, ow, can we move to the couch or bed or something like that? Well, she did laugh and, like, they moved away from it. So perhaps she did say something like that. Ooh. Yeah. He, uh, Rowdy likes to shoot off mirrors, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's, it's, that was sex it. was just too powerful to show. Too darn good. It's too hot. And in movies, when people wake up, particularly after having sex, just they never look like that. No, never. Now, if in real life, this girl would like she would quickly run to the bathroom, wash, brush her teeth, wash out, maybe wash the thing. Yeah. Um, but she would not just go out and talk to this dude. No. Maybe, maybe I'm sheltered, and maybe I'm crazy, but. <laughs> Two impossibly beautiful people never step naked out onto a ledge and just hang out talking, do they? Like those two people? Yeah. Um, like outside of the realm of this movie? Yeah. You're gonna have a lot of pain. When um, I, I, I think it would be wrong to say that two beautiful people don't stand around naked. Really? It's gotta happen somewhere. Probably, but outside of a porno set, you think this is normal? Well, I mean, they're out in the middle of nowhere. It's not like they're like in the Avenue. Neighbor is right across the street. The yeah, evil but psycho you can runs see a town. To see across. <laughs> well, then this movie, as depicted in this movie, you just basically look and you could see what's going on. But see, Dalton doesn't care. He's out there with his cannon out. He's fucking like telling him to <laughs> his cannon out. He's you know a, why that is? Because uh, the Bermuda Triangle used to be the Bermuda Square until Dalton Roundhouse kicked one of the corners off. That's how <laughs> tough that motherfucker is. So he don't care if he's spotted. I think I think it's awfully weird and telling that like he's completely nude and she's covering up with a sheet, probably because she's got more to show than he do he does, I guess. So now they're gonna do it on this uncomfortable roof. That's all this movie is about: is sex on uncomfortable surfaces. <laughs> and and look at him, he's just <laughs> rocks back and forth into the frame, and he's gonna watch. Oh, look, he's doing the two. Two hands on each cheek, like a he hand is, on cheeks, cupping he's her ass. Grabbing it. So you're putting on a show, and you know you pretty much you don't know, but you could pretty much assume your neighbor is just watching. I mean, have you ever had sex in public where you know you could be seen? I mean, granted, as you said, they're not on Fifth Avenue in New York, but well, that old coots around. Is that what really? You're a thin person. As speaking as a thin person, would you yeah. have you sex in public? Um, it would not be on the top of my list to have sex in public. Um, you don't have, like, that exhibition, exhibitionist streak. Do you nah. think that's what it takes to fuck in public, to have an exhibitionist streak? I, I, as a fat person, I assume it's just, it requires having a good body. So if you feel like you have a good body, you don't care where you fuck or whoever sees you. Big body, good body and a big dick if you're a dude. Uh, I have neither. I have a terrible <laughs> body and a small dick, so I would never fuck in public. But whenever I see movies where people are fucking in public I'm, they're always thin and i'm like i guess that's what it takes you gotta be thin and you gotta have a big dick speaking as a thin dude with a big dick can you back that up <laughs> i uh it never occurs to me to want to like have sex in public you've been spending time with elizabeth clay um now where you now where people i mean like there's sex in public places right but that's different from like sex out in the in the, in the in open. The open. But, like, why like, would you want to have sex on a rooftop when there's a comfy bed three feet away? 
Do you think well, chicks see, like more that? Just like my thing would be like, I, I think maybe I would start thinking like, are we gonna slide off? And that might ruin the right? mood. That's that's logic, logic. But I guess I'm in not... movies, passion overrides logic. Yeah, and you're you you don't care. And you're they're just harnessed so... in. Well, there's that. But in the reality of the movie, you're just so passionate about the person that you're fucking. Excuse me, that you're willing to fucking dangerous like slidey places where you yeah. could r literally On fall a... off the roof. Yeah, I, I, that would be my issue. I would be fearful <laughs> of um, sliding off the roof. If I knew the neighbor was right across the way, it would not occur to me that that would be fun. They really redid the double deuce, didn't they? Yeah. Last time we saw it was a total shithole. Now it looks like a shopping mall. Yeah, I, I don't. I, whenever I watch flicks, I'm always like, it's amazing timing where it's just like the new guy pulls in mm -hmm. and basically the four guys pull up. You know what that is? Uh, screenwriting. Because in real life, that don't happen like that. It's not that. It takes it. T it would take like the next day. Totally. Or like four hours. Show up in two separate times or something like that. This dude, he's tired of getting his ass handed to him. See that other dude, the, the tall giant? dude, the giant. He played Lothar in um, the Rocketeer. Oh really? Yeah, the dude who was wow. like, "Where's the rocket?" You had wow. all the makeup on and stuff like that. Oh, there it is. Look at him. He's just smashing bottles. <laughs> yeah, as this fast dude. As he can. Yeah, he's like, "I'm not getting in a fight. I'm just gonna break bottles. I'm gonna pick up." Oh. Never do that. Never grab a dude from behind so he can just bash the back of the back of his head into your mouth. Got a skinny little runt named Dalton here. So this is the. I mean, would you? There's Keith David in the background. Oh really? Yeah. How strange is that? Um, maybe he had a part that got cut out. Maybe, or maybe this was early on in his career. Um, would you would you rather drink in the place looking like it did in the beginning of the movie or now? Now it looks a little too now much like a like Sun Coast video. <laughs> yeah, it does. It kind of has a Chili's feel to it. Oh, the guy. Uh oh, here comes the giant. Where's the rocket? <laughs> I sure ain't gonna show you my dick. Where, where, so which one would you rather drink at? Uh, um, I would personally somewhere in between when it was the way it was, where like there was too many fights in the beginning. Um, but somewhere in between where, like, it became Chili's and it was, like, a totally dysfunctional, you know, f boxing ring. Somewhere in between there. I think I would prefer to drink it. I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't be into the wild ruckus that it was, but I think I'd prefer to be at the other joint with the chicken wire and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. not like chicken wire was necessary because people were throwing bottles at a blind dude, but just because it well, had a, a nice ambiance There's a lot more flavor. Mm-hmm. Now it's very generic. I ain't going to drive all the way down south to go to a Chili's kind of bar with a bunch of dudes in polo shirts. No, shit, no. You go to the mall, like in the in the Sears parking lot. You can yeah, go exactly. to this joint. See, uh, Jeff Healy's character came out to see what was going on, <laughs> which makes no sense to me whatsoever. Because Healy knows, uh, I believe that uh, Jeff Healy knows. Um, the Sam Elliott character? Yeah, exactly. But still, I mean, you're not going to see anything. You might as well just have somebody well, tell you what happened. Say hi. You think so? <laughs> Don't reduce his life to a series of people telling him what happened. I mean, if Don't I was get up, Jeff. If I I'll was blind, I would be terrified on. of like getting fallen over or something like that. I wouldn't really want. I'd want to stay in one place and have people explain what happened to me all the time. <laughs> that's that's just my take on it. Well, I think Jeff's a little bit more ambitious. But just like with the sex, it's like you know, it's a movie, so. <laughs> Who's tougher, do you think? Um, Sam Elliott's character or or Dalton's character? 
Um, I think the way that the movie presents it is that in a fight, um, possibly... Is it Dalton or is it Wade Garrett? Who's tougher? Wade Garrett is the uh, the character portrayed by Sam Elliott. They're portraying him as the, you know... The aunt. guy who taught yeah. Dalton all his moves, including how to fuck chicks in very uncomfortable places like yeah, against exactly. the wall. Whoa. Look at this shit. Wow. Is ever a series of people pulling their drawers down? That's a rare, like, male pubic hair shot, too, in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in awe. You know how tough Wade Garrett is? No. When he does a push-up, he isn't lifting himself up. He's pushing the earth down. <laughs> um, I watched this movie on my own uh, without without uh, prompting um, mm -hmm. uh, last summer. Yeah, I think it was in June that I watched it. Okay. I was up in Vancouver shooting a movie, and um, I had the DVD, so I, I wanted to watch. I didn't even watch it on TV. I actually put it in to watch the DVD. And um, that scene and this scene here made me think, that he was uh, trying to get into a three-way with them. He was? Yeah, that's, that's how I read this scene. You say the idea of pulling your pants down to show your pubic hair? Pretty much. It's just like, you know, wants there. to gauge her reaction and gauge Dalton's reaction and see if, like, maybe Dalton's like, all right, yeah, let's do it. But it doesn't come to pass. Might have been a weirder movie for that. If but not out of in place in, this, in, in the flick like this. I don't think it would have... Maybe with that three-way scene, it might have not have become a cable classic. It would have been too. It would have taken some. You would have lost half your audience. Right yeah, there. people have been like, "Oh, this is gross." No, you know, never mind the fact that like it could be homoerotic, but it can't be straight. Can't out. cross that line. Can't cross that line. That's what I'm saying. There's so many dudes with their shirts off in this picture. Like you could, it could have cut right from that bar at all three of them in bed, like sleeping morning after kind of thing. Then they all go out on the roof. <laughs> And have a cigarette. And then they get in a three-way on the roof as well. And Ben Gazzara is still sitting on his porch rocking back and forth going, Jesus, i got to get over there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that movie. too many brains to have an ass like that. got your hands What, uh... You make Roadhouse, right? Yeah. And years later, it's, it's uh, embraced... And, and hailed as kind of a camp uh, cult classic. Yeah. Do you feel like, right on, like, all right, we made Mallrats. Yeah. Mallrats comes out, nobody likes it. Yeah. Years later, it finds its audience on video, and, and people go like, that's a really good movie. And, like, people like it. Like, mm -hmm. nobody says it's genius, but people really found an audience. Yeah. That was a movie that, you know, it's just we tried to make a comedy, and the comedy eventually wound up working. Yeah. But it's not like people go like it's redefined uh, as as a new classic or something like that. It's just like it, finally they found the movie on video. People the, took it for its intentions. Took it for its intentions. This movie gets embraced years down the road. Yeah. Um, for something that it wasn't really intending to be. How how do you take it as the filmmaker? Um. I think you gotta find. Uh, I think you have to be happy with it. I think I'm happy with it. You think so? Are you happy just that anybody likes it? It don't matter under I mean, what circumstances. You know, you, I mean, you, you know, these guys. You, if you take it in the context of the time, I mean, you're 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 making this movie back then. It's like there's a fucking monster truck, but you know, at the time, you're like monster trucks will stay the test of time, stand the test of time. You're making a movie, you know, for the time, and and if years later it 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 sort of, you know, it kind of 
was what it was and if people found it to be you know watchable because it's a little campy it's like shit man having a movie that people want to watch is you gotta you gotta feel good about that which is you don't want to be the other guy you don't want to be the guy where it's like you made the movie that people just don't want to watch right the regardless the movie that people are absolutely indifferent about yeah the movie that turns tvs off where they're just like oh fuck the movie that can't even get on tv right well, we've made a lot of movies that can't get on TV. But that's because we talk. There's too much. There's too much dirty talk in it. But you just want to know that people are watching your movie. And, 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 you know, I think with time, it would become easier to take, like, two years after you made it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know, if you made a movie with one intention and then immediately people show, you know, different intentions or, or people like it for other reasons, maybe you feel bad, you know, in the months right after. But... You know, if you, you know, 10 years later, I don't know how many years later it is. What is it? Oh, 16 it's, years it's, later? Well, I'll tell you exactly what it is. If this was 89, it's uh, 99 would be 10 years. And uh, 99, so 18 years? No, 17 years. Yeah. God, they blew up Red's joint. They did. God willing, Red wasn't in it. Or I think Red was, and then somebody's got to go in and drag Jesus. him out. Um, but hopefully Red wasn't in there. Like Dalton destroyed it with his gaze. Well, what the fuck? The ambulance <laughs> was like, "Fuck this! I'm out of here." <laughs> Obviously, he's dead. Oh, he wasn't there. Red's safe, but he's pissed. pissed. Yeah, safe but pissed. He's got That's the best we can hope for now. in life. Did you know that Roadhouse was turned into a stage play? I did not know that. Um, the proper name of the play was Roadhouse, colon, the stage version of the cinema classic that starred Patrick Swayze, except this one stars Tamak from the 80s cult classic The Last Dragon wearing a blonde mullet wig. That's the full name of the, of the play. Wow. Um, it played at the Barrow Street Theater um, back in 2004, had a limited run from December 10th to February 8th um, in New York on uh, Barrow Street at 7th Ave. And uh, was was widely uh, held to be really fun, really good. They called it a. It wasn't a musical. It was a brawlsicle. A brawlsicle. A brawlsicle. That would entice me. I would go. I wouldn't you? And what they did was they had somebody doing foley right off stage. Oh really? Fights? Because <laughs> fights, you know, don't sound, in real world don't sound like they do um, in movies. So they had somebody off camera, or not off camera, but off stage. With, with Foley noises, so if somebody threw a punch, you'd hear, uh. and bro- breaking bottles, same thing. They really kind of went all out for it. Maybe they, maybe this commentary, will have, it'll have a revival. A renewed interest. Back. It, 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 it'd be nice. I mean, it's a shame something like that doesn't make it to Broadway. With all the crap they do throw up on Broadway now, why not that? Um, why do you think she does this dance? I mean, I know she does it at the behest of uh, Ben Gazzara, but why does her character feel the need to kowtow to this clown because he beat her up is that it like one slap in the eye and you're like get up there and dance um i I mean obviously she's also a little bit of an exhibitionist Uh i think she's enjoying herself she likes to entertain and even though she's mad at him for hitting him she's excited to entertain she's an entertainer at heart at heart um, but she's really she's not embarrassing anybody but herself. I say, <laughs> like I know the whole plan is to embarrass the club, but you know, truly this is just not nearly as embarrassing to the club as it is to her. 
Oh, she's not done. She's not done. Denied, Dalton. Dalton denied. She's doing. She's she's trying to take it back to the chicken wire. Um, God, it looks like she's wearing an insanely <laughs> massive pants? pair of panties, doesn't it? Oh, she is. I mean, they're kind of. Uh, they don't they're just they don't, cut. Real they don't hard. make them like that anymore, do they? Nah. I mean, that's they're they're long. It's not like they're granny panties, but they're they're insanely they're just, long. They're very high on the waist. Yeah. A very strange cut. She's not really doing a good job of hiding that. that we can't really nipple. see her belly button. Well, that's because those panties are so hot. <laughs> I mean, she might as be wearing fucking suspenders on those things. If you're an actor, okay, and you've been, in, you've acted in movies. You've I've been, in, I've performed in, in some of the movies. You were in Clerks, I and was. you were in Mallrats, and you were in Chasing Amy, and you were in Dogma, and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. And uh, Clerks too. You weren't in Jersey Girl. Neither you or I were in Jersey Girl. We weren't. Um, you've acted. Yeah. But you've never had to act opposite somebody who was taking their clothes off or naked on your body. Do you think that affects you? Like, do you think when he had to pick up the girl with no top on and, and you know, her her cleavage is rubbing against him that it affects him in some way? Um, you mean in a sexual way? <laughs> yeah, and I know, the dude's, all... I know the dude's married and he's been married for a long, long time, but do you think it... Like, as an actor, not just... necessarily him, but do you think it affects an actor? Oh, this is shit, man. This is when the shit comes on. Yeah, this is the, this is the dude he's going to have to like... face down. Whoa, look at that. Matrix moment. Don't give him the nod, Dalton, because he's... Oh, they're going to get their asses handed to him. Um, do you think it affects him? Do you think it... Um, as an actor, not, not Patrick Swayze, but uh, an actor, do you think... Go like, wow, this is cool, I had boobs on me and stuff like that. It's kind of, I, I assume so. Or do you think they're too into, like, I'm working, I, I'm not thinking about this shit? I assume that, like, you know, you can't you can't deny that um, there's a naked woman against you. I'm sure he's got to, like, you know, not be disgusted by it. Right. I don't know. What about you? Would you I, feel awkward? I would totally feel awkward. I wouldn't. I mean, I, you know. I think it's naked women are best looked at on a computer screen. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be in a room with one. Um, so it'd be hard for you to stay in character. Yeah, it would be a little tough for me to, to stay in character. I believe, um, or not so much. I think I could get the job done. God, he used the dude's body to vault onto the stage with the pool cue. He call. He's calling him out. Yeah, he wants a little piece of. He knows Sam karate. So it would seem. He's got that lightning bolt in his ear. That communicates worlds. You don't fuck with a dude who's got a lightning bolt in his ear. Dude kind of looks like a a not so uh, deeply molted version of uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, doesn't he? He does a little bit. Could you do he that? I think you could flip a dude over your body. Um, if he was helping me. <laughs> <laughs> if he was helping me, like using his weight. See, Sam Elliott's got a bum leg, and this dude knows it, and he's going he's for it. He's taking advantage yeah. of it. Yeah, oh, Dalton to the rescue. See, this is a moment where that proves the argument. Who would win? In what way? Well, it's like... Apparently, the guy with the gun wins. Yeah, I guess so. pops it off, and everyone Led stops talks. fighting. I think that guy literally has worn the... The guy, the karate guy's wearing the same outfit the whole movie. And that little horn necklace. That dude? He's like Popeye. He's got the same outfit every day. <laughs> you, you went right for the Popeye reach. So this dude, the dude with the the lightning bolt and the, and the hair and the mullet and a half, his name is Marshall Teague. 
Marshall. Yeah, and in a weird bit of synergy in this Elvis thing that's going on in this movie, he played Rick Colton in the Elvis and Me TV movie, 1988. Wow. How strange is that? A lot of Elvis in here. A lot of Elvis in here. And, and also, did you know there's a dude in this movie named Anthony DeLongis who uh-huh. was, uh, he plays a character, but he's also a knife and bullwhip expert. Batman Returns, he was a bullwhip trainer for uh, and choreographer for Michelle Pfeiffer. But the dude's career goes back, sword and a sorcerer, sir. Remember wow. that picture? I remember that. He was a trainer on that as well. He's a Masters of the Universe. He was the stunt double for Frank Langella, but he also played a character. I believe he played Blade, Masters of the Universe 2. Not 2, but, you know, as well. But uh, everyone, some people probably made fun of that dude growing up. Like, come on, dude, swords, grow up. But in Hollywood, they have a use for a dude who knows how to wield a sword. Well, he's got a whole career. He's got a, and bull whips. And bull whips as well. You really think people made fun of him? Um, maybe that's why he got tough. Because he was tired of getting picked on, getting sand kicked in his face. But yeah, I think uh, maybe not to his face, but people be like, that dude's playing with his bull whips again, you know? That dude's playing with his swords again. But he turned it turned a career. He turned it into a fucking career. This is a pretty pivotal, famous scene. Where the guy with his pants tucked into his cowboy boots comes running off. Yeah. Um, it's the one where uh, where. The, the, what's his name? Ben Gazzara's character, who I, I always forget. Brad Wesley is uh, show, being now being shown to terrorize the town. There's John Doe as the ex-bartender. He's joined their little rabble. And now is where you get to see Bigfoot go to work. This is where the monster truck really comes into play. Totally. You were sitting there going, like, they brought a monster truck in. They better use it. You here thought it, it was for show. Da bang. I mean, that's, you know, and, and people wonder why this movie has such staying power, you know, because the country is made up of more places than just New York and L.A. Yeah. And it's that whole middle of the Everything country in between. where they love shit like this. They love to see a truck driving over shit. Um, and, the, and the idea of a giant truck is a real menace. Yeah. It's not something that in L.A. you really worry about. No, no. Size is everything, and a giant truck, man, that just it sends a very clear message. <laughs> it's pretty message. amazing that the whole town comes out. Wouldn't you? I mean, I, I you can't stop it, so you might as well watch it. I would be there. But wh- how come Dalton's not jumping in? Yeah, that's what I think is weird is it's a total pedestrian event. I mean, it's just a matter of going out and being like, hey, the town shithead's going to fucking mow down this guy's <laughs> Ford dealership. <laughs> Let's check it out. See, apparently he used to like her. But not anymore. Well, yeah, he likes her still, but... You he know, does, but, but he's sorry. She belongs to to Dalton, my friend. As she's, I all. mean, she's a catch. She's she's a doctor. She's, she's still smart looks lady. good today, too. She does. She's an attractive lady. She was in uh, that Charlie's Angels picture. She looked good in that movie, too. Good actress, man. She's awesome, and... Drugstore Cowboy. She's excellent. Where she's like, you won't fuck me, and I always always have have to drive. drive. You know, fantastic. Let's go, Jimmy. When? When will Dalton step up, you think? You got insurance, don't you? I've seen the movie, so I know that he's going to step up. Look at that. God damn it. Once again with his fucking shirt on. Glowing. Just punching a board. Do people still wear their sweats like that, where they roll down the top? Um... Every time I wear sweats, I wear two shirts, so I would never do something like that. But do, do does that still a common occurrence? 
I don't even necessarily know how much people wear sweats anymore. Really? I mean, and what's replaced that the sweats? Sort of like yeah, sweatpants. What's replaced them? Athletic pants. What more scrub? like uh, like a lighter weight material? Like a lycra? I don't know if it's lycra, but I wish I had more. I, I'm just saying. I don't. What do you see... wear if you go out and work out? I usually wear shorts. You're so tough. You wear jeans. <laughs> I don't wear anything. <laughs> I don't wear any bottoms. I just Scott wear a top. Scott so tough. He doesn't eat. Food understands the only safe haven from his fists is in his mouth. <laughs> um, I don't see a lot of sweatpants. Not that traditional kind of sweatpants. I don't see it. I go to the Y in the morning. I don't see it a lot. You think that's all uh, Sam Elliott's real hair? It looks good. It looks, it looks real. pretty good. It looks good. It? I think it is. I'd buy it. I think he must be training now. Getting ready to take on. I, I, well, he's pissed. He's lost his. Oh, see? snap. He lost his shit. Yeah. Never lose your shit. Is that one of the lines? I don't think so, but, <laughs> but I like I'm it. paraphrasing. You pulled a, a great line that doesn't exist in the movie. We're not even listening to the movie. We're literally reading lines. Yeah, it would probably be. I, I just don't believe in listening to the movie when you're doing a commentary track. I it's mean, too basically, you, it's too distracting. Is, uh, come on, right. sir. How gay is that? that is a, uh, this movie screams out for just a, a fireworks of, of jism, crisscrossing the screen, cobwebbing like spiderwebs. Like. Retitle of Loadhouse. <laughs> and then back to fighting. What's in the background? Looks like something dead on the ground. I think it's a stick. Uh, or a big stick. It was a, a deer that he row. ripped the throat out of <laughs> as he's practicing for his next big move. Yeah, see, this is this is the part of the movie that this dude's way too hell-bent on. The guy across the lake. This is where she lake. comes to say, like, come on. This is where she comes to say, like, I'm going to be the last woman to wear a belt <laughs> before they go out of fashion. Yeah, wouldn't you get out of there? Like, you found each other and, you know. You sex is hot. Sex is hot. <laughs> you might as well just get out of town. Can't do nothing about that dude. But that's why he's a hero. He stands up for the, for the, for the little guy. For all the little guys. But for Christ's sakes, put a fucking shirt on. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. He's mad at her. Why would you be mad He's at pissed. her? He's pissed. He's lost his shit. He's not going to win. Or not is he like leaving? that. No, if he's, well, he's not packed or anything. What are you going to win? Who's this for? You, you want to probably be easy to figure out. He just put it on the headphones. I think so. She's like, I don't want to fuck on the tin roof. Come on, it's hot. And our neighbor can see us. Oh, shit. What blew up? Maybe his car. I'm not sure. I think it's the dude's. Oh, it's the dude's house, isn't it? The dude who's yeah, barn he's living codger. in. So he's gonna go pull the dude out. He's of the going fire. in there. See, obviously, there's a reason why he wasn't afraid to to have sex on that little you thing because he just jumped open? over. He just jumped off of it. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd why still would be you be afraid? afraid? Okay. This dude sleeps in a in a onesie. <laughs> <laughs> what are those things called? Unitard. <laughs> Oh man, the whole place went up. It's one of those movies where it's like there's always multiple charges. Yeah, what do you think that's supposed to represent? I think it's supposed to represent because um, they're not saying like they laid multiple charges in the house. I think what they someone lit a, in the reality of the movie, somebody lit a fire 
Uh-huh. Or, although it was obviously explosive. But it's hitting things like the gas heater or, the, or fucking something. You know what I'm saying? Like, Beyond the gas heater. <laughs> something else. The fridge. Yeah, maybe it hits a little Freon. Uh, I mean, I guess if it hit the water heater, nothing would blow up. This, oh, oh that is the height of villainy right there. <laughs> when you're on a fucking dirt bike? Yeah. When I, when not only are you on a fucking dirt bike, but you're laughing about what you've just done. Go on, rip that lightning bolt out of his ear. He's Do it up, Sway's dog. This is where, isn't this where it's They just tumble like, like lovers, sir. This is where they fight, and I, th- I believe this is where the... Uh, he rips his, he's gonna he rip his, his heart yeah, out? He's, no, he rips his neck open. He grabs his thorax and shit like that. Once again, uh, maybe it's just us, maybe or maybe it's because we're guys, but we have we fall prey to the action film. Like, we suddenly stop we're talking in- and start watching it. We want to see what's going to happen. We want to see the moves. Do you think, like, somewhere deep in our subconscious, we're cataloging moves in case we ever get into a situation like this where some dude blows up your neighbor's house and you can tackle him? He's on him. a dirt bike, and I'm like, I got to figure out what to do. Oh. Um, I don't know if that's it. I tell you, man, one punch from either of these dudes, <laughs> I'd be dead. I, there's no way on earth that I would feel like I, I, I'm going to give back. I would be a dead man. That's why I go to the gym. I train on running very quickly. <laughs> Get it's speed more about on your escape. side. Yeah, I have movie fights, I watch them. I'm like, oh, God, I wouldn't be able to take one of those punches. And they never cry. Nobody ever goes, ow. <laughs> cry. I would cry. I swear to God, you hit me that hard. I'd be well, like, most oh, people what the movie. fuck did you do that for? <laughs> Well, that would just sort of, you know, if you put that in the context. Oh, hit by a log. He was grabbing him by his hair, man. See, I guess it all is fair when you're fighting. Like, sometimes, like, this dude's Dirty. doing all smooth and shit, but, like, I guess if you can grab a dude by his by the top of his mullet and yank, that's cool. Well, it's all, all bets are off when you're in this kind of fight. A fight of rage. See, he's losing. Because he's got to come back. Watch. Here it comes. He's going to grab it. He's going to go for the throat. It's a move that Dalton swore he would never... Look at it. He's, it's like he's a little raccoon, a reverse raccoon. See how the white <laughs> around his eyes? <laughs> Here it comes, sir. Oh. That's the one move you got to learn is just kick somebody in the balls. Apparently, every that's a real movie move, too. But see, even in the movies, like these guys in real life, this, this doesn't exist. Fighting in jeans that tight. It's the '80s, man. That's how they trained. Oh, now he's gonna rip the throat because she's got to see it. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's gonna got pull a, a gun. gun. So he's justified in homicide. Here we go. Oh. Rip this goddamn throat out, sir, and it kicked him into the fucking lake. Just insult to injury. Put him in Proving the water. further that if Dalton and Mr. T walked into a bar, the bar would be instantly destroyed, as that level of awesome cannot be contained in one building. I think you'd go on record as saying, you don't even need Mr. T. After a fight scene like that, Dalton can't be contained by a building. Killing another guy is not necessarily sexy to a doctor. No, no. Well, you know, she took the Hippocratic Oath. She's promised to save lives. But it's like, hey, he had a gun, bitch. Fuck. Yeah, but he's supposed to be able to control his his anger more. Just because the dude took a few philosophy courses because he got a doctorate? Doctorate in pain. He obviously doesn't care (laughs) that she's not going to fuck him anymore. (laughs) He's so (laughs) hell-bent for leather. 
against uh, Ben Gazzara's character. He doesn't care. Yeah, set him to drift in the angriest way you can. Now, why stop there? Why not just cross the river and kill Ben Gazzara at you're that in point? Because obviously rage. he's by himself. Like, there's right. nobody watching. He's the out on the deck. You're in a berserker rage. Like, just get on that guy's back and float him across the river. <laughs> that and would then... be, oh, that would, put, that would lift this movie into the absolute fucking premiere position of cheese cult classic. If they used a body as a raft. If used a dead body as a raft, paddled over to Ben Gazzara, <laughs> who just stood there on his porch watching in disbelief the whole time, and then climbed up and took his throat out, too. You know, we should probably Google search uh, Dalton getting his ass kicked, but I think we will get zero results <laughs> because it just doesn't happen. See, why on the dude, how come Ben Gazzara's character doesn't just blow up the fucking bar? Like, why blow up Red's house? I guess he just wants to fuck with Patrick Swayze in a big bad He's way. He's a sadist. But why not blow up the bar? I mean, it's one thing to have your girlfriend come in and take her blouse off and then throw a chair at the glasses, but... It's like a cat playing with a mouse. He's trying to show his power. Hmm. If you distribute, if you distribute the, the, that kind of thing, then it, then it makes you even more popular. It's like, I can fuck you up at any time. But I, I don't want to yet because I enjoy fucking with you too much. Do you think he still believes it at this point? Or? Look at him. He's flipping a coin. He's I mean, I don't know nefarious. what he's deciding. Yeah. He's trying to figure <laughs> out whether he wants Chinese yeah. or, or a pizza for lunch. Um, do you think the dude is that uh, stupid? Like, after you see um, Dalton rip a dude's throat out, wouldn't you be like, I ain't going to fuck with this dude? This dude is fucking nuts. Well, I assume that, you know, he is packing heat at that point. Um, yeah, but regardless, it's like, wouldn't you stop throwing gasoline on the fire? And just end it? And just be like, you know what? I'm or you would back away. Yeah, I would totally back away. So I would that's just be the end like, of the movie for you. <laughs> wouldn't it be what a great ending <laughs> like, to a movie? Just it's got like to Ben Gazzara on his porch. Yeah, he's like, you win. <laughs> it's like that moment in uh, The Aviator where Alec Baldwin's character like, finally losing. He goes, fuck. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would just kind of back away and be like, I'm not going to fuck with this pilgrim anymore. He's fucking psychotic. He ripped a man's throat out. That would be it. And walked away from Kelly Lynch at the same time. He's oh, he bloodthirsty. He put bloodthirst over pussy, and that in your mind is sort of like... Proving, once again, that this movie is insanely gay at its heart. <laughs> Dude will walk away from a gorgeous, good-looking woman who really seems to like him and will have sex with him anywhere he wants to tussle with some dude on the lake shore. On the beach. Yeah, to get real physical and play grab ass with some fucking psycho with a lightning bolt earring and a, and a real big mullet. He's a different breed. I'm going to say he's a different breed of cat than me and you. Uh-oh. This is a dude in this movie who was a professional wrestler, a guy named Terry Funk. Was he the guy with the... the, the he was one of the bouncers at the beginning? I believe so. I think I, think I can pretty much tell you who he was. Um... No, I can't, <laughs> unfortunately. But Terry Funk is a professional wrestler, and his dad, Dory Funk, was also a grappler, as they say, from 1940 to 1970. Wow. But this dude, Terry Funk, he's, uh, at age 56, he captured the WCW Hardcore Championship in a match against Norman Smiley at the Spring Stampede uh, on April 16, 2000. I mean, this is, this is one of the, his trademark move, the spinning toehold and the chicken punch. Chicken Punch is not. I don't know if I would. I would rename it. Um, he's been. He's known for retiring from wrestling only to return, and he's also a cousin of actor Billy Bob Thornton. 
Oh, really? Wow. But that's one of the secret charms of this movie, right, is is having a dude who's a wrestler in the cast. Because, again, the movie's very popular on TBS, Yo. TNT, Wait, and, and soon, or if not already, the country music uh, station, country music television, CMT. So you're appealing to that audience. Oh, shit. It was Tails. That's why I was flipping the coin. It had nothing to do with lunch it whatsoever. It wasn't a lunch thing. It was God. all about killing Sam Elliott. What a prick. Yeah, he's got to go down at this point. If you didn't like him before, you mm -hmm. you have to not like him now. If you're somewhere in that. I think can... it's rather strange that Patrick Swayze had to turn him over to discover he was dead. Like, he saw the dude laying on the bar well, he and he was, think he two got, things about He got beat up. He, yeah, he was go catching on stage. Nap. Like, you have to climb up onto the bar. He's a bouncer. Yeah, but still, you're in pain. You don't want to have to move any, any further than you're moving. You think it's that tough to pull a knife out of somebody? I think it was hard. I think it was more emotionally difficult for him. Is that what the that performance was about? Yeah, I don't think it was a physical. <laughs> it wasn't a sword in the stone kind of thing no. where he's like, if I can draw fucking, this blade from his It wasn't cage. Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> they are actually... Um, they're ready, sir. They're, they know he's coming. See, they got guns. Yeah. This dude's That's itching his back with a shotgun. Scared. John Doe is itching his back with a shotgun. That, I mean, if I was a person of the, from the South or something, I'd be like, wow. They're just flat out calling me a hasty. There's the dude, the wrestler is the guy with the white cowboy boots on. Right. <laughs> he was <laughs> happy to fire that. Action. I fired a gun once or twice, like and it's it's tough, man. There's a lot of throw to it. On a shotgun? Yeah. Like a 12-gauge? Yes. Yeah. Um, even a handgun, there's a lot of kick to it. Yeah. Like in movies, they make it seem so easy to fire a gun. And it really, uh, it's not. It takes a level of kind of concentration in terms of like holding the gun steady and whatnot. Yes. Like all those movies, gang movies, where they hold the gun on the side and whatnot. Very difficult tough to Tough to pull that off. Tough to aim and tough to just, you, you're constantly getting the recoil, the kickback. <laughs> So funny that they never came up with the idea that he actually might not be in the car. <laughs> I know, and they actually opened the door of the flaming, burning car to be like, let's get him. Find that prick. They are actually... That might be the Blade Master right there. I'm not sure. Can't say for sure which one. I mean, I know the dude's name was was uh, what we said it uh, was before. Somebody's down. The wrestler's down. They're all going down, sir. I don't know if, if you're aware of it, but they're all going down. They, um, speaking of the the popularity of the film, there is actually a, I believe, I believe it's going straight to video, but there is a sequel to Roadhouse. Get out of here. There is. What's it called? Roadhouse 2. Last, Last Call. Call. Yeah. Could have picked that one. Wow, when's that come out? Um, I think I think it comes out this year. I think we can look. For, oh, it comes. People out, can look for I, it this year. I bet year. you it comes out same time on DVD as this new Roadhouse DVD comes out. So you could literally watch one and then the other. Once you're done with this, you can go to the other. Is Swayze in it? Swayze dog can't I, be. In it. I would have heard about that. No, there is no Swayze in it. I don't know if there's necessarily anybody from the original cast. Tough to reassemble that cast, man. That's, That's a once returning. in a lifetime thing. This movie made uh, as much as Dogman, Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back, but in 1989 dollars. So adjusted grosses, it definitely earned more than than our two movies did. Our two top grocers. Whoa. Oh. 
Yeah. There it, he goes. This is kind of like a high noonish kind of thing, except he's got to kill a bunch of people instead of one. It's a modern day Western. Uh, you know who Mike Not Nelson the only is? One. No. Mike Nelson is one of the dudes who did Mystery Science Theater. Not the original dude. He's the dude that came way later. Mm-hmm. Um, not a, not Joel. Some people are Joel fans. Some people are Mike Nelson fans. Gotcha. I like Joel. Um, he wrote a book called Mike Nelson's Movie Mega Cheese. Yeah. And he named Roadhouse as the cheesiest. When it comes to the cheesiest movie of all of all time, Roadhouse, the 1989 beat 'em up bouncer tale starring Patrick Swayze tops Mike Nelson's list. Nelson continually cites Roadhouse in his book, Mike's, Mike Nelson's Movie Mega Cheese, as the touchstone of cheese. He says, I can't define why it's good. It takes itself very seriously. At least all the actors weren't in on the joke, unless they were pulling off a really, really good joke. It's unbelievable the archetypes they have in place, and they play it dead straight. So, he high honor, I guess, to some degree. You know, if you're going to do anything, you need to... I mean, he achieved some... That was strange. That he attacked the dude with the bear? Or that the guy was actually scared, scared of the bear? <laughs> He's one... Well, that's... They're always playing, like, uh, fat dudes as scared and superstitious and easily tricked. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know... The more you eat, the more fucking... Pretty much. You, but the more you eat, you the more sense of, sense of uh, self and sensibility <laughs> you lose altogether. <laughs> You can't lose weight, but you lose brain power. As you see, like, a bear that's clearly not <laughs> <Dead>. living <laughs> stuff. Now, you've probably seen around this dude's house many times coming at you, and you actually get afraid. I don't think it would kill him either. I don't know if he's dead. I personally think. Don't don't fat guys, like, faint, and then they're... In movies, that's another fat stereotype, is that they pass out of fear. Like, oh, that kind of thing. Happens to me all the time. I can't tell you how many times I've passed out. <laughs> just when, like... <laughs> when the going gets rough, I just... I immediately turn myself off. When your daughter's off. stuffed animal start moving towards you. <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> Collapse Fire on. shots into I've it. I've broken my daughter's leg like, three times, collapsing <laughs> on her out of fear when she's come at me with a stuffed animal. This movie came out in May, uh, May 19th, 1989. So this was like a beginning of the summer movie. They had high hopes mm-hmm. for this motherfucker. God damn, he killed a lot of animals. Yeah, uh, Ben Gazzara's character has a lot of hate for the animal Anything. kingdom. He just—he's a trophy collector. That's why he wanted uh, Kelly Lynch. Oh, he's not there. Uh, but he's he is on the other side. And now, how come he didn't see him coming around? You know, because he shuffled past the buffalo that quick. Look at all Look the at- lemurs. <laughs> Did you see that? He, spear, killed a, man? he killed a friggin' family of lemurs. That spear soared through the air like it was on a string. It might have been. Um, come on, dude. Like, don't even pretend like this dude could get the better of you for two seconds. He shot him, though. He's off kilter. He's got some... See? Yeah. But come on. There's got to be something. How how do you think he puts him away? He's got to take him down with the, with the spearhead. Ripping his throat out has been done, so he won't be doing that. He's got to use the spear. Oh, my knee. The backside of my (laughs) knee. What is that called, the backside of the knee? Is there a clinical term for it? Um, Just the back of the knee? Back of the knee. This uh, film was nominated for a shitload of Razzie Awards in 1989, including Worst Actor Patrick Swayze, but it was a double nod because he also got nominated. Wait, he's about to do the... Worst, he's not going to do the throat thing. He's thinking better. Yeah, because uh, Kelly Lynch was all against it. Next of kin and and uh, and 
Roadhouse got him nominated for uh, Worst Actor, Razzie. Rowdy Harrington got uh, nominated for Worst Director, uh, Razzie, which I totally disagree with. This movie, it's well made. Like, it's not like the movie's not well made. Oh, see, this is where Ben Gazzara went wrong. He he looks away because he's looking for something to kill Dalton with. No. Oh, don't do it. It's over! <laughs> Who killed him? Red. Red. You fucked up my auto store parts. Oh, the whole town's going to kill him. This is why this, this, is movie like a is, Western. this movie's based on a true story. Um, this I read. part right here. This part, yeah, <laughs> this just one, this part. It was a story. Um, it's a true story of a guy who was um, a uh, um, somebody that the town didn't like. Mm -hmm. See, the fat guy is alive. Yeah, he's um, alive, but he's not going to do anything. See, the fat guy could take them all out. Their backs are turned. He but what does he do? He runs like a chicken. Roadhouse is said to be based on a an actual case in Missouri where the local bad guy, universally hated by everyone in town, was murdered in broad daylight, and no one in town seems to have seen a thing. That was from Roger Ebert's review. Roger Ebert said, The guiding spirit of Roadhouse can be glimpsed in one particular scene, which is set in the trophy room of, of an evil sadist who holds a helpless town in his iron grasp. His hunting trophies include not only the usual deer and elk and antelopes, but also orangutans, llamas, and a matched set of tropical monkeys. The guy went hunting in a zoo. <laughs> So the whole town kills him, and Dalton doesn't have to do it. The town rises up and finds the courage they couldn't find before, inspired by Dalton. We are expected to believe that the sadists financed these hunting expeditions by shaking down the businessmen in a town that on the visible evidence contains a bar, a general store, and a Ford dealership and two residences. <laughs> They just cut to the monkeys. <laughs> I didn't know why they did. <laughs> the cutaway shot? They cut to the See, monkeys. See, that movie's got a sense of humor to itself. That's the thing that people don't appreciate. I'm scared that we're going to repeat ourselves. When uh, I won't. Um, Dalton doesn't churn butter, sir. He roundhouse kicks the cows and the butter comes straight out. In the Bible. Yeah. Jesus turned water into wine, but then Dalton turned that wine into beer. <laughs> <laughs> A handicapped parking sign does not signify that this spot is for handicapped people. It is actually, in fact, a warning that the spot belongs to Dalton and that you will be handicapped if you park there. Are they naked again? He was totally nude there. I Did bet you, you if you... I bet you if you... I mean, if you frame by Look frame, you're either going to see, right. see a dance belt or you're going to see, you know... His Swayze? His <laughs> Swayze dog? Yeah. His Swayze dog dangling? See, she recovered. Yeah, everything works out. You That's the way it is in pictures. You kill somebody and, you know, people are only upset for, like, 40 minutes. It's like the old love boat thing. Like, they get on the boat and then everybody gets upset. And then, you well, know, you got movie, about 40 she minutes. Only, she was only <laughs> upset for about 12 minutes. When Dalton goes to donate blood, mm -hmm. he declines the syringe and instead requests a handgun and a bucket. <laughs> Dalton will attain statehood in 2009. <laughs> His state flower will be the magnolia. I don't know if I said this one, but Dalton sheds his skin twice a year. The opening scene of, Sa of the movie Saving Private Ryan is loosely based on games of dodgeball Dalton played in second grade. When Roadhouse was aired in France, the French surrendered to Dalton just to be on the safe side. <laughs> and there's a reason that this movie is a fucking cult classic. 
And that's because it's it works on a couple different levels. I mean, who doesn't like the story of the town that takes on, well, first the dude who takes on the bad guy, and then the whole town gathers together. I would say that that whole town coming together thing really comes out of left field, though. You yeah, don't see anyone working up to that. It's not like he's trying to rally the town. The town's like, oh, you're on your own, Dalton. So that yeah, but that's not the way that plays. The, in the traditional sense of that story in the Western, it mm -hmm. is that like there's always the mo like with the big the monster truck. There's mm -hmm. always the moment in the movie where the townspeople watch the bad guy do something shitty and nobody does anything about it. Oh, and so you are supposed to. It is supposed to be that way. They're following the sort of traditional Western line where it's like the guy is still sent out on his own. Because that kind of character, the Dalton character, wouldn't ask for help. He doesn't think he needs it. Because he doesn't. You need the people to come on their own. If you have to persuade them, then they're not really learning anything. They're not finding the courage. You know why Dalton doesn't need help? No. Because Dalton can win a game of Connect Four in only three moves. Nice. I think we're coming up on the end. You think so? I think we are. They're doing that thing. You know how they say if you die in your dream, you're going to die in real life? Yeah. In all actuality, if you dream of death, then Dalton will find you and kill you. <laughs> there it is. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Your...